Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you need to check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders share with me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before. If you don't have texting as part of your modern sales process, you need to. Scipio has the best automated texting platform I've ever seen. Scipio's texting platform will help you build personalized relationships at scale in an authentic way your customers will appreciate. Salespeople using Scipio, they say big things happen. They're seeing a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that leads to more conversations, which we all know leads to more sales. And while the results speak for themselves, don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio.com and use the code ROB, that's R-O-B, for a 30-day trial on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio.com and use the code ROB to see just how good a modern messaging platform can be. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we got a different guest. Today, as we kick off the year, we got someone who cares immensely about the sales profession, cares even more about the sales leadership aspect of the sales leadership profession, someone who's been around the show for a long time, and that person is me. I have loved hosting this show for the past three and a half years. I can't believe we're coming up on four years. It's been an amazing experience to discuss sales leadership with so many of the best, most successful sales leaders in the world. And this show just keeps growing. In December, we had the most downloads of any month, not just of 2021, but of any month of the history of the show. Every month we're growing and we're growing. And I love the feedback I get from so many of you and the stories you share of how the podcast has made a difference in your career. And so I want to reassert that this show is about you. It always has been. From day one, this show has been about you. Because the sales leader, I I think that we're on our own. There's very few resources for us. The companies that we work for spend a lot of money on sales training, on sales process, and on sales tools. But they don't do the same thing on sales leadership training, sales leadership process or systems, or sales leadership tools. And so they leave it us on our own to kind of figure it out. And so every month when I see more people have listened to the show than the previous month, every week when I get more people sending me feedback, thanking me for the current week's guest, I just get humbled. I just want to say at the beginning of the show, I'm so grateful to every one of you. This show always has been and always will be about the sales leader because you're the one that makes the massive difference, either for good or for not so good. You're the one who makes that difference in the growth of the organizations you work for. The impact of a great sales leader is so hard to put a number on, and the impact of a not-so-good sales leader can be devastating. And so I believe 
that we have the most impactful job for our organizations. And most of the time, like I said earlier, we as sales leaders get the least amount of tools or training for our specific roles. We're just asked to figure it out. And so, yeah, I love the profession of sales and I especially love sales leaders. And because of that, on this episode, I'm going to do something different this week to kick off the year. This is the first week of 2022. Uh, for those of you that are coming back and listening to the show later on, this is this is the first week of, of the kickoff year for the calendar year. Um, you may be on different fiscals, but we're all on the same calendar year. And, and this is the first show of the year. And with so many people listening to the show all the time now, I decided to give something to each of you as a thank you for your amazing support of our show. I decided that it's SKO time, sales kickoff time, and I'm going to create an SKO just for you, individual one just for you in your career as a leader. As I run the Jepson Performance Group, I get to work with sales leaders all around the world. I believe I have the best job in the world. I love every minute that I spend with my clients. I got sales leaders in tech. I got sales leaders in professional services. I got sales leaders in manufacturing and in finance and in industrial. Some of the biggest, most iconic companies in the world. Some of the most promising and most exciting startups in the world. People that are chasing their next billion dollars. People that are chasing their first million in ARR. I work with all of them. Sometimes it's first-time managers. Sometimes it's it's newly minted VPs. Sometimes it's seasoned C-level leaders. I get to speak with all of them as we work to make how they lead become this competitive advantage that's super defensible. And for these people that I work with, they chase becoming an elite sales leader. I love that word elite. I have a very specific definition of it. You know, um, an elite leader for me is someone that creates life-changing years for the people they lead. It's someone that chooses growth over talent. And I get the opportunity to get hired to give a lot of keynote speeches for companies that want a speaker at their SKO. I got four in January. I'm going to be in Nashville next week. Jillian, excited to see you. After that, I'm going to be in Dallas with my man, Todd. I got four in January. I had three in December. I got three more in February. I love it. I love being surrounded by salespeople and sales leaders. Um, and, and especially now that there's time where people are meeting live again, we'll see if the, how long that lasts. But I love being surrounded by the energy of an elite sales leader and an elite sales team. And so today I thought I'd give you this personal SKO, a message. It's a modified message of the one I'm taking to teams as they look to have the best years of their career. Now, this will be shorter. A lot of people have me speak for two hours. Sometimes it's three. But this is, you know, a 45-minute episode is easy to do when it's two people having dialogue. But this one's just me. This was Rob Jepson Unplugged. And so I hope it goes fast. I hope it stays inspiring. I hope that uh, you like what you hear. As always, I'll have snippets, video snippets, and three- to five-minute chunks uh, in my community of sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. Uh, if you like uh, what you've heard from some of my other guests, if you go to Sales Leadership United, you can get three-minute, five-minute chunks on video of those people there. Um, but as always, I'm hopeful you'll use some of these concepts to find the next level in your own personal career path. So you ready? Buckle up because here we go. All right. The title of my SKA speech that I've been giving is something around being the difference maker. Very commonly, I call it the difference maker. It's on the inside. 
And we're going to talk about how to make 2022 the best year of your career. You're not going to get the razzle-dazzle. You're not going to get the insight. You're not going to get the videos. You're not going to get a lot of the depth that I will bring in this speech. But I'm going to give you some of the key things, and I'm going to try and do it at a deep enough level that it's meaningful, but a high enough level that I can give you six laws in about another 35 minutes period of time, okay? Here's why I like the idea of the difference maker. 2021 was not easy. Yes or no, we faced a pandemic that just won't go away. You should be nodding your head saying yes, right? Yes or no, we faced worker shortages. Yes. Yes or no, we faced supply chain challenges. Yes or no, we had competitors doing weird things to try and buy the business. Yes or no, the political climate remains in a state of disarray and more, much, much more. But yet, in spite of all this, so many individuals and companies still found ways to grow, to succeed, to take what the market gives and then some. And the reason is simple. It's because champions don't let external circumstances decide what's going to happen to them. So this episode today is going to give you a few immutable laws, five laws that if you choose to follow them, will help become a difference maker, be something that comes from the inside of you. You won't be subject to what happens on the outside. And if you do, and if you do make this difference maker something that comes on the inside, you will make 2022 the very best year of your career. And as a result, you'll be that difference maker in the lives of the people you lead. So you ready? Five laws in about 35, 40 minutes. I'm going to go fast, okay? Um, Here we go. Number one, um, the first law is one of my very favorites. I call it, you got to manage the mindset. I call it the law of I am. And I want to start by telling you a story in this one. Sir Vincent Vincent Peale, actually before I do the Sir Vincent Peale thing, I think what I want to do is, is, is give you a quote by Henry David Thoreau. All of us are busy, okay? This is a good one for you to either look up or write down. Thoreau said, it's not enough to be busy. So are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? And so I want you to be thinking about what are we busy about? That's why role is so important. That's why you should be really mindful of what you're trying to accomplish. And so if this first rule is that we want to have bulletproof titanium-grade mindsets, I want to start by telling you a story about the world's fastest-growing plant, okay? It's bamboo. Chinese bamboo to be specific. And bamboo is this really interesting deal, man. It's the fastest growing plant in the world. It has stronger tensile strength than steel. Four to five times the tensile strength than steel does. Grows to be massive. But this massive growth doesn't make it flimsy or weak. Actually, in my bedroom, I have um, a a giant six-foot bamboo plant. There's like 10 stalks of it in there to remind me every day about growth and that you don't have to get flimsy to grow and the massive story of, of bamboo. Here's why. You know, they use bamboo to build houses and huts that can withstand hurricanes. They use bamboo. They've even made bridges with it where cars can go over water. Bamboo does amazing things, okay? But what many people don't know is what happens when you plant a bamboo plant. When you plant the bamboo plant, it sits there underground for for a long time. In fact, most people don't know how long it sits. It's underground for up to five years. For the first five years, no metric would ever make it look like something was happening. You would go and measure it. It would be like flat, nothing. You know, Every single metric you might use would say, oh, we must have failed. We should try again. But for five years, you don't see any of the growth on the top. But under the ground, the roots are growing and the infrastructure is growing and it's getting everything it needs to gather the nourishment and the strength so it can do something remarkable. 
and, and this plant's just below the surface. And after five years, it sprouts. You have a little sprout. So the first five years are fairly unremarkable. But what's interesting is what happens in the next five weeks, not the next five years. In the next five weeks, it'll grow about 90 feet in the next five weeks. In fact, it'll set sometimes three feet, three to four feet in a day in some cases. So here's what I want you to think about with mindset. We've got to be thinking that we are going, we're going to grow. We're going to talk about growth in a different law later, but I want to have a mindset around this role of our job. Our job is to create growth. Our job is to be someone that makes things happen that are life-changing. So now I want us to talk about this story with, with Sir Vincent Peale. Sir Vincent Peale went on a sabbatical to the Orient, and he ended up in a tattoo parlor in the Orient someplace in a little village. And as he was looking at the samples of what people put on their bodies, one of them said something to the effect of born to lose. And he went to that tattoo parlor owner, and he asked him, do people really put this on them for the rest of their lives? And he responded in a way that always makes me think of Mr. Miyagi, right? Who always said, karate, not here, karate here. And as he would like put it, he would say, it's not in your muscles, it's in your mind. And he said, before tattoo on body, tattoo on mind. And what that means is you are what you think about and you can't do anything without thinking about it first. So this is really important why mindset's super important. When I start working with people, I almost always start with mindset. Um, we can't do anything unless we think about it first. Most people love the idea of improving and growing, but very, very quickly it goes back. We're going to talk about this in law too. And so I want to share with you what the most powerful words in the English language are. Okay. The most powerful words in the English language are, are words that you need to be thinking about right now. They're words that you should absolutely positively uh, be intentional about. And those words are the words that come after the words I am. I want you to write the words I am down. Write them down and then put a blank. I am what? Whatever you put after I am is what you most likely are going to become. And so I am excited about the year. I am going to have the greatest year of my career. Very likely those good things are going to happen. I am at a competitive disadvantage. I am being asked to do more than is possible. I am frustrated. If those words come after, then you're going to have a negative experience this year. Here's why you should be excited about this. You are 100% in charge of what comes after the words I am. That's up to you. It's up to you and no one else, okay? And so you need to be in charge of writing down I am. In fact, as I do this SKO with you today, I want you to write down I am and put a blank. And I hope by the time we're done in the next 30 minutes, you have several IMs down, okay? I want you to have four or five IMs. And those are for you. Those are for things you care about only for you. you. You should find someone to share them with, though, someone you care about, someone who's absolutely in your corner, not someone that's in your circle, someone that's in your corner. If you don't know who to share them with, hit me up. Send them to me. I want to help you hit those IMs. But those IMs are massively important. You need to have someone helping with those. You need to be very aware of those. Those need to take top of mind with you, okay? Now, let me give you a couple stories why. Let me talk about mind. So there's a, there's a great, great uh, speech that stood the test of time. My first rule on mindset is you've got to cultivate positive energy. Have to do it. Have to, have to, have to, okay? And um, back before there was Netflix and back before there was HBO Max and back before there was the Disney Channel and all the streaming channels, back before there was cable TV, back before there was color TV, back before there was black and white TV. People listen to radio 
hosts. One of the more famous ones uh, is a dude named Earl Nightingale. Maybe you've heard of him. He gave a speech called The Strangest Secret. Um, It's back, I believe, in the 50s. I I could be wrong on that. I think it's in the 50s. And here's what the the net net of this is. You can actually go on Google and hear him give that speech in his own kind of gravelly voice. It's kind of cool to listen to. He talked about your mind in a farmer's field. And the farmer's field, they say the farmer can go go plow two rows. And on the right, I can plant corn or, or something healthy. And on the left, I can plant the world's most dangerous poison. It's called nightshade. If I cover them both up and I fertilize them both and I let them both water and I let the sun shine down on them both, I weed them both, I take care of them both, what does the ground return? If, if, if you take care of both, that row on the right, the ground's going to give you corn, right? What you planted is what you'll get. And in the row on the left, what's the earth going to give you? It's going to give you poison. And he said, the earth doesn't care what you plant, okay? The earth does not care what you plant. What the earth cares about is if you plant it, it will yield it. And so if you're planting positive things, then positive things will grow. If you're planting negative things, then negative things will grow. And he said, in your mind is the exact same thing, okay? Your mind does not care what you plant. If you plant positive things or positive IMs, then positive things are going to come. If you plant negative things or negative IMs, then negative things are going to come. And the sooner you realize it, the sooner you can make sure you're planting things that are positive. And so that's why I want to make sure that you're really careful about what you plant in there. Because if you plant corn, your mind is going to yield corn. If you plant poison, you are going to have this poisonous stuff coming out of you and you won't know why. What you plant is what you will get. Now, there's all kinds of stories about it. One of the great stories that I love to share is the story of Bill Buckner. If you've been following the show long, you know I'm a sports fan. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, Bill Buckner played for the Boston Red Sox. He was a a fantastic player. Played for a long career, had won gold gloves, uh, was a good batter, was on a lot of teams that played for a long, long career, was a fantastic player that was known for his defensive solidness for a long time. in 1986, the Red Sox were trying to get over the curse of the Bambino. And this was a curse that came when they traded Babe Ruth away. They never made the, they never won a World Series ever again. And it had been since, I think, the early, like 1918, 1920, something like that. They'd never, ever got the World Series again. So in 86, they're playing the New York Mets. And, and uh, they get to a point where it's game six. And if it's a seven-game series. First team to win four games wins. The Sox are up three games to two. They're in the bottom of the last inning. They're up by one run. Uh, there's two men on, two outs. All this pitcher has to do is get a pop fly, a ground ball, or a strikeout. And the, and the game is over. The series is over. The curse is over. And the Boston Red Sox will have broken the curse. And the members of those teams will have achieved legendary status. Bill Buckner is playing first base. Now, I, a lot of you know what happens in the story. What most people don't know is what happened 19 days earlier. Bill Buckner was interviewed uh, by a, a publication. I, I, I'm not sure who it is. It might be the Sporting News is, was what I think. But some publication interviewed him. Easy to Google and find out. And 19 days before this game, he was interviewed. And here's what he said. He said, the dreams are that you're going to have a great series and win. The nightmares are that you're going to let the winning run score on a ground ball through your legs. Those things happen, you know. And I think a lot of it is just fate. 
Now, for those of you that are sports fans, you know that the next pitch with those two outs and one man and two men on, a routine ground ball was hit to Bill Buckner, and the nightmare that he said happened. He said the nightmare is that you'll let the winning run score on a ground ball through your legs. And then he said you can't do anything about it. It's just fate. Well, he has a ground ball run through his legs. The Mets score two runs, and they win that game, and then they win the next game to win the World Series. And so it wasn't just that Bill Buckner was thinking about the poison. He actually said that shit, okay? He said it. He didn't just think it. He said it. And 19 days later, it happened. And those are things that you got to be careful of. If you want this to have, if you want to have a bulletproof titanium gray mindset, you need to make sure you're very intentional about what you think about and especially what you talk about. So let's go up to one more notch. What, not just what you think about, what you talk about. 1973, 1972, I forget which year it is, one of those two years. The Union Pacific Railroad has a repairman come into work on a frozen boxcar, a refrigerated boxcar. The refrigeration unit's not working. The man comes in, he's working, he accidentally locks himself in the boxcar. Tries to get out, can't, and he does what a lot of humans do. He starts chronicling his journey. He takes a tool, he starts scratching into the side of the boxcar. And he writes things like, it's getting cold in here. It's getting hard to breathe in here. My fingers are getting numb. I hope someone comes and opens it. Many things written down the side of that boxcar as he goes through his little uh, journey. Last thing he writes is, this will probably be the last thing I ever write. A few hours later, someone comes and finds the boxcar, and sadly, tragically, this man has passed on. So they do autopsy work on it, on this person. They find out what happened. And it was interesting because before I tell you what the doctor said, you got to remember, why was that guy in the boxcar? The refrigeration unit on this boxcar was broken. He was there to fix it. So he didn't freeze to death. In fact, the temperature when they opened the door and got him out was 56 degrees. Also, it wasn't airtight. People sleep in boxcars all the time, and the air quality was fine. So the doctor said, we can't see anything that made him die other than his mind told him he was going to die, and then he did. So I want you to be very intentional about what you think about. I want you to be very intentional about what you speak about. you got to have a bulletproof mindset. Positive thoughts versus negative thoughts. Negative thoughts, sadly, are four to seven times more powerful than positive thoughts. And then when you speak something, you got a 10x more uh, greater likelihood of you activating it and putting that into reality. So talking about something negative makes it 40 to 70 times more likely to happen. I want to finish with a final sports story from uh, something here in, my, in where I live in Salt Lake City. Um, big Utah jazz fan, as you know, one of our good episodes, a lot of episodes last year, but a really highly downloaded episode was when we had the chief revenue officer of the Utah jazz join us. And one of the few numbers that have been retired in Utah jazz history is for peace pistol, Pete Maravich. Uh, so people still consider him one of the great ball handlers and assist people of all time. And this guy, uh, is an all-star. He's having a terrific, uh, career and he says uh, in an all-star year in 1974 in a, in a newspaper, Pete says, I don't want to play 10 years in the NBA and then die of a heart attack at age 40. I don't want to play 10 years in the NBA and then die of a heart attack at age 40. Okay, interesting statement. But in January of 2021, just this last year, uh, almost exactly a year ago today, uh, Pistol Pete died exactly like he predicted years earlier. Um, that was an article that, that uh, it happened in 1988. It was an article 
came out uh, last year of the, the 33 years uh, uh, kind of uh, memorial of his death on January 5th of 1988. Um, Pistol Pete died at age 40 after suffering a high heart attack as a consequence of a previously undete- undetected heart defect while playing pickup basketball in Pasadena, California. So uh, this this show is actually going to go live on, I think, January 5th, the actual anniversary of Pistol Pete passing, just like he predicted. But it was just it was 1988. Uh, he died at 40 years old. He said, I don't want to die at four, age 40 from a heart attack, and he did. I don't know all the things that make those things happen. I just know you can't do anything without talk, thinking about it first. So I want to give you five a couple things that you can do with mindset. Number one. I have a, five, a seven-day challenge. There's five mindset killers. Eliminate these seven things from your mindset for a week and see what happens. Number one, get rid of national news. You'll be surprised how much you miss it. It's designed to agitate you. If it bleeds, it leads. Um, it, it, I don't care who you get it from. It's designed to agitate you. I do not believe that there is a single news outlet that's not agenda-driven anymore. Next one, music. You should be listening to stuff that fires you up, inspires you. Um, you should be really careful about what lyrics you listen to. There's a lot of songs about loss, right? Uh, there's one uh, country artist in particular that the joke is if if you listen to his songs in reverse, you get your life back, you get your truck back, you get your wife back, you get all those things back. Number three, get rid of co- gossipers and, depl- and complainers. Get rid of them. No time for them. If you find those complainers, get them out of your life. Negative thinking, number four. Okay, number one was national news. Number two is music. Number three is gossipers and complainers. Number four is negative thinking. Stop it. Don't dwell on the negative possibilities. 80% of the time, the negative things you think are going to happen don't happen. So don't worry about it, right? Move on. Last one, stop saying negative things out loud. Do not be Bill Buckner. Do not do it. Talk positive things. Do not be an Eeyore, okay? Because it makes things far more likely to have happen. That's a seven-day challenge. Do those five things for seven days. Uh, I put that out on my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United. Got a lot of great feedback from sales leaders that told me what happened to their teams when they did the seven-day challenge. You should do it too. Last thing, I like uh, morning routine. I'm a big fan of the morning routine. I call it my power hour. I do four things in that first hour. Uh, I get up and I, and I try to do meditate. And I try, I, I'm now getting pretty good at it. I do meditation for 20 minutes. I, I try. My goal is to get to mind, my mind to be net neutral. I want blank canvas. I don't want yesterday's stuff to get me off on a bad start today. So I try hard to get to blank canvas. Then after I do that, I read something that fires me up. I like to read stories of success. I like to read stories of great leaders. I like to read things that fuel my creativity. I only do it for 20 minutes. I want it to be that I'm pissed off when I have to start stop. I want it to be, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got to stop. And I want you to find something that fires you up. For me, it's those things. Other people, it's things like scripture. I don't care what it is. But find something that makes you feel that positive energy and puts you in a positive state. Then I spend 10 minutes visualizing what I want. I, I had a, a coach that told me to make a, a list of 100 physical things I want and then 100 experiences that I want to get. I, I actually turned that into two PowerPoint decks with actual pictures of the things I want to accomplish. I, I take time to look at those images and, and visualize what they are and make those things like real in my life. And then the final 10 minutes, I review my schedule for the day and the rest of the week. And I ask myself, what am I doing to make progress to what I want? So now I've got my mind neutral. I fired it up with what I read. I put the images in my mind of what I'm going to accomplish. And then I 
Look at what am I going to do with my schedule to make those happen. I wire my mind for success and then I let the day run. So that's the mindset stuff. And I'll, I'll finish with this. There's a really famous song by the Rolling Stones that says you, you don't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. Uh, I, think, I think that song is complete crap. I think that's the, that's the song of people who settle, okay? Uh, with all respect to Mr. Jagger, um, I don't want you to ever settle. I, I want you to go get what you want. I want you to have the mindset of I am going to X. I am going to this. Be very intentional about your IMs. Give yourself permission to chase what you want. Be chasing. Don't just be working because you are capable of so much. And if there's one thing I want to finish with, do not stop chasing what matters to you because you will get it. That's law one, okay? We got to rock and roll. Um, Let's get to number two. I want you to upgrade your identity, right? If the most important thing to get right is the IM, you know, write down those IMs. I hope you're already filling in IMs as you listen to this. Then once you have your IMs written down, you got to spend a little time about your personal identity, okay? Now, here's why. Your identity is what helps you transform the positive mindset into a reality. Now, this is really important, okay? The things that help you transfer that positive mindset into a reality is your personal identity. So let's talk about identity really fast. This is a shorter shorter, um, law. Your mind thinks in pictures, right? When you get an idea, you get a picture. And, um, and, and your identity is fueled by these pictures of how you see yourself. So if there's four pillars that makes you go, it's your body and you got to be healthy. It's your mindset, which I've already talked about. It's a championship identity, which I'm talking about now. And then the last one is your environment, which can either be an asset or an anchor. This identity is the thing that will accelerate what you do. So you get this mindset that the identity part will be your accelerator. Your external reality reflects what you truly feel about yourself, how you see yourself. So when I talk about your mind thinking in pictures, the pictures you create in minds are the things that create your feelings. It could be confidence. It could be anxiety. It could be doubtfulness. These pictures modify your outcomes. Okay. And so if you want to modify your outcomes you're getting in life, then you've got to modify your feelings. In order to modify the feelings, then you've got to modify the pictures. So you may say, Rob, what are you talking about with pictures? So I could say something random like pink elephant. And right now you've got an image of a pink elephant in your mind. It might be a plush stuffed animal. It might be a real elephant that's painted pink. It might be um, a cartoon uh, character. Okay. But you have a picture. The reason that this is so important, and by the way, when I speak, I get told all the time, this element is something that really is a difference maker for people, okay? If you want to grow, if you want to ascend, then you got to modify your identity. And this is massively important because we're at a point right now where everybody's setting goals. Everybody's setting New Year's resolutions. Most of them won't make it out of the first week. Like over probably 97% don't make it out of the first month. And the reason for this there's a reason that when people you talk to and people say nothing changes around here and nothing changes with me, same shit, different day. Okay. You become what you identify with because you have a set of pictures that supports your ambitions for your big thinking. And so when you think about what your income might be or how much you could sell, maybe you say, I'm a, I, I make 20,000 a month. I'm a 20,000 a month person. Well, you have this image of what a $20,000 a month person is. You like the idea of being a forty dollars or a $50,000 a month. You like the idea of, wow, how cool would it be to be a $100,000 a month person. But the images in your head are a ten, dollars a fifteen, dollars or a $20,000 a month person. 
I want you to think long and hard about where you're pulling these pictures from because the pictures that support your identity are going to be what you end up doing in your life. And so I want you to ask yourself, where do you get your pictures? Because what I'm going to tell you is you got one of two options. You can do what most people do. And what that is, what most people do is they just pull from the past. They pull from their set of experiences in their life. And that's why they get stuck because you may go down this road saying, oh, I'm going to be this person who's great at this. But you have the images in your mind of the person that you've always been. Or you can do what champions do and they pull from the future. They pull from the opposite end of the spectrum and they go find pictures from the future. That's why I look at the pictures in my morning power hour. I want those pictures to be from my future. I don't want the pictures to be from my past. The last three years of my life have been messy. They have not been awesome. I'm really grateful that I built a seven-figure business this year. I'm grateful that I built a business that's going places fast. I've never been happier professionally, but it has not been easy. It's been in spite of some other things that I've had to overcome. And so the only way I've done it is by creating a different set of pictures that are becoming my new identity. But this is why it's so hard for people to change who they once were. It's because the image you have of yourself will self-sabotage. It's based on who you used to be. And the clingers that you see are the people who create the most challenges. They cling onto these old pictures of being average or being ordinary. And then it's hard to reconcile that, reconcile that with your ambitions. So if the identity you have of yourself, if the way you see yourself is keeping you from achieving your results, then you got to change your identity. For most people, they will benefit from changing their identity. This identity work, this picture work, changes almost everyone. It's one of my favorite things to ask people to work on is what are the pictures that they're going to be chasing. Here's why. The subconscious, that's the biggest muscle in your brain. And it has a job to do two things. It's to protect you and it's to keep you. In, it's also to keep you efficient. Change is neither of these. Change is not safe. It's easy to fail. Okay, Change is not safe. It feels scary. Uh, growth is, is neither of these things either. It's, it's, it's hard. It's not efficient. We're doing things that we haven't done. We might be working a little harder. We might be working different. And so that's about all I'm going to say on identity is change those pictures. I guess the last thing I'd say is make sure if you want to create a championship identity, you do these four things. Number one, create it, be intentional about it, create it from the future, not the past. Okay. I'm not talking about sitting in a corner, meditating and visualizing all day. I'm just saying that people are way too generic. Okay. People like the idea of improving. They like the idea of ascending, but what they don't know is what that person looks like. They don't know what that person talks like. They don't know what that person dresses like. They don't know what that person's energy is. They just have this vague idea that they want more. My advice, be specific, craft a picture, move past an idea and get to an image. Okay. Paint that picture of who you are and what that life is. Because if you want that different result, you have to become the person capable of achieving that result. Okay, number two, you got to get aligned. Too many times we have beliefs that are not in alignment with this identity. Here's a great example. I'll give you one fast one. We have this hustle culture that I believe that the only way that I can get what I want is if I sacrifice more time with my family or people that I care about. I have to give more to the business and take less from the family. And frankly, that's just not true, okay? So that's the second one. you got to get aligned. Third one is you got to feel deserving, which is similar to alignment. If you have that belief that you can't win unless you grind or work your guts out, you're never going to feel worthy. And so you're going to feel like you can't do it. And that's why burnout's happening so much. 
but your beliefs are what shape your reality. And so you want to make it feel easy and almost effortless, get that belief structure aligned and you'll feel deserving, which will take you to number four, make progress every day. You're going to hear me talk about more of that later. Okay. But when you become someone different, all of the beliefs you have, right, that compromise your results, they got to change. And if you change your beliefs, they'll change your values. If you change your va- your values, you'll change your priorities. If you change that, that's when everything gets easier. You'll start showing up at the right place at the right time. You'll start making better decisions as it relates to your identity. And you'll, as a result, you'll get more results. But I'm going to tell you this word of warning. If you try to change your behavior without changing your identity, your results will be short-lived, short-term, and you will self-sabotage. Okay? All right. Let's go to number three. Um, I love number three. Number three is one that is one of my very favorite things that we can, we could ever talk about. And, um, it's choosing growth. And I want to start with this concept that talent is a gift, but success, I'm sorry, but growth, that's a choice. I want you to write that down. Talent is a gift. Growth is a choice. If you want to make a difference maker, something that comes from the inside, you must choose growth over talent. Now, this is easy to talk about, but hard to do, okay? We often gravitate to the things that we have the most talent for, and we have that become a ceiling. But if you can find the small, almost teeny tiny places, those areas of improvement can yield disproportionate results. Here's why this matters in sales. We are in a zero-sum game. We are in a winner-takes-all environment. So you don't have to be 100% better than your uh, competitors to get a hundred percent of the opportunity you're chasing. If you could be less than 1% better, you're going to get all of that business. I, I don't have to take you any farther than looking at the Olympics. The hundred yard dash was won by 0.04 seconds. The runner from France beat the runner from the United States. Uh, they got all the prize money. They get prize money for that. They got all the glory, but for being less than 1% faster for having a better start or for having a better stride, and so we need to choose growth. That means we got to be chasing these areas of improvement. And my best analogy that I want to give you for this on choosing growth is the movie The Matrix. As a leader, you need to do this with your team, but you also need to do it with yourself. And if you go to The Matrix, Morpheus is the leader. He meets Neo, played by Keanu Reeves. And he offers him red pill versus blue pill. Red pill, uh, we're going to give you knowledge. Blue pill, you're going to go back to your, your state of blissful uh, slumber, right? Blissful ignorance. And they had to choose red or blue, but they only had to choose at one time. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're going to choose growth, every day has got to be a red pill day. You got to take the red pill of choosing growth every single day. Because again, talent's a gift, but growth is a choice. You got to choose to stay in growth mode. You got to choose to outgrow your talent. You're not going to do it unless you make that choice. And the reason you got to do it every day is because other things around you are going to change every day. Your competition is going to grow. The goals or the budgets that you receive from your organization, they're going to grow. The challenges that you have to face and adapt, they're going to grow. So you got to choose growth because there are not happy accidents. And it's a choice you've got to keep committing to. And so I'm telling you, you need to find a way to make days red pill days. I have a picture of Morpheus I'm looking at in my office right now to remind me to take the red pill every single day. Now, that leads me to you as a leader. What's, what's going to be your definition of success? How are you going to grow? You know, for a lot of people, they, they make the mistake saying that my success is the team hitting their number. That's just wrong. 
It's because you as a leader don't have an outcome-oriented goal. Your reps on your team, they have outcome-oriented goals. Their job is to sell. But I don't care what sport you like. I, I like basketball. Um, my team, the Utah Jazz, you wouldn't see Quinn Buckner, who played. He was a great high school, I mean, great college player. You would never, you would never see Quinn, um, Quinn Snyder. I said Buckner, sorry, Quinn Snyder. You'd never see Quinn put himself in the game at the end of the game to take a shot or get a steal or get a rebound. You never see a coach put themselves in the game. The, the players got to do it. You got to get yourself off the floor and you got to be in the improvement business. Our mission is to be in the people improvement business. And so as a result, I want you to start thinking about your personal coaching tree. And what I mean by that is who are the people you're developing? When I was an individual contributor, I defined my success by how much I sold. And I I literally had a slide that I made of the the logos of the companies I'd sold to. I was like McDonald's. First it was millions and millions sold, and then it got to the point where it was billions sold when it was a leader. But I realized that the amount that my team sold was not my definition of success. It was could I get the members of my team to accomplish things that mattered faster than I could. And so that's what your your billboard of success looks like, is who are the pictures of the people you have influence with? Who got places faster than you did? Who got promoted? Who's doing things faster? Who did you have high impact with and were a difference maker with? And if you could start thinking in those terms, choosing growth that way and how you have impact, you'll find that those small, small improvements make massive, massive impact with the people that you lead. And, and as you do that, what you'll find is, is that perspective is massive in the life of not just you, but the people you lead. That takes me to number four, okay? So we have to manage the mindset. We have to upgrade our mentality. And I'm sorry that I'm going fast. We, we have to choose growth. And I guess one thing I probably should have included is growth is about systems. It's not about working hard. I love the quote that um, uh, Adams gave, Stephen Adams said from the, the creator of Dilbert. He said, losers have goals, winners have systems. You need systems. You need leadership systems. You need growth systems. The only way you're going to grow and scale is if you have systems. It's not enough to just work hard. So start taking a system mindset, Okay. And and I guess the last thing I'd say on that is the system that I suggest you have if you're going to help people grow, it's three things. Help them create step-by-step strategies. Help them have elite support, meaning it's done with you, not done for you, and damn sure not do it yourself. And the last one, make sure you're doing mindset, skill set, and performance coaching. If you do all three of those, you will create transformation at scale, and you'll be a massive difference maker. Um So I want to get off of this talent as a gift and growth as a choice. And now I want to talk about one of the most important things we can talk about, especially if we're going to go after this bamboo type growth. If, if massive success is just below the surface, if we're going to be bamboo growth architects this year, it's right below the surface. We just got to get, you know, scratch that surface and get it to pop. The, The thing that we need to get good at is creating momentum. So that's number four. Momentum is super, super important. I often call this the law of escape velocity. And, and um, the story that I like to share is think about when you saw a space shuttle launch. We've all seen that. When it launches, you first see the smoke start to come out and you hear a little rumbling and that, that launch tower starts to shake. And very slowly, the space shuttle starts to move off of the ground and it goes up into the air and it goes into a gentle arc before the booster rocket takes off and it heads to the atmosphere. Here's what you need to know as a leader. Here's what you need to know as someone that wants to have the best year of your career. 
that launch of that rocket, the first 60 seconds, it uses more fuel in the first 60 seconds getting off the ground into to that gentle arc before the booster goes. Then when the rocket is in outer space, when the, when the space shuttle is in outer space, for it to go all the way around the world one time. So to orbit the world one time is less fuel than the first 60 seconds of getting off the ground. Here's why this matters. Growth is hard. Change is hard. But those have dot, dot, dots after it. And the next thing we say is, at first. Growth is hard at first. Change is hard at first. We have to be able to pull away from the gravitational. Pulling away from the gravitational uh, pull of the Earth is hard for the space shuttle. Pulling away from the gravitational pull of status quo is hard for you as a leader and hard for your reps. There's a scientific term. It's called escape velocity. They know exactly how much force is required to escape the gravitational pull of the Earth. You're going to have to create that same escape velocity to escape status quo as a leader or with the reps that you're leading. So it's important that they understand that if you want to grow, you got to burn. So mindset first, identity second, choosing growth is third, and then we got to burn. We got to turn the rocket on, and that first 60 seconds is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to change. This is one of the reasons why people are so bad at changing is because that first 60 seconds is hard to get through. This is why you need process. If you can give them process, it's much easier to gain momentum. Now, I want to give you two things I've seen every elite leader do really, really well. I've worked with a lot of elite leaders, a lot of elite reps. Elite performers do two things exceptionally well. Number one is they know how to build momentum. They know how to get unstuck. You're going to get stuck sometimes. Number two is they don't make intentional decisions to screw up the momentum because it takes so it takes so much effort to build the momentum. Once you've built momentum, you do not intentionally make decisions to lose the momentum. So this is where time management comes in. This is where planning comes in, right? Too many leaders do things like call blitzes or they do like gimmicks to try and get things going. And after they get things going, then they go back to the way things used to be and they wonder why they haven't created these new standards. I love the word standard if you're a leader. I don't like goals as much. I don't like quotas as much. I like you setting standards. Who are you? What are you about? What is your definition of you? And, you know, I, I think of my son who I've got working with a trainer because he wants to be a, a football player and he needed to get faster and he needed to get bigger. And he had one particularly good week and the trainer said, hey, I want you to take the weekend off. Eat whatever you want. Do whatever you want. And he looked at him and said, are you freaking crazy? You want me to start eating Takis again after all the success I've had? You want me to go back to what stopped me from being good? And it was cool to me to watch him say, there's no way I want to go undo all the work that I've just done. So I want you to remember this. Success requires speed. And to go one step farther, massive success requires massive speed. And the only way you're going to get it is if you can build momentum. I've been in one-on-ones today. We had to, we, our one-on-ones today were all about momentum. How do we get people off the blocks and creating momentum? And so to this, we'll talk a little bit about my favorite way to create momentum because I want to finish positive. I want to talk about the easiest way to kill momentum first. The easiest way to kill momentum is to chase perfection rather than progress. Okay. Perfection is the biggest killer of progress there is. Progress in my mind is small improvements done regularly to lead to big results. And so you're a great sales leader. You're chasing being elite. My, my idea is don't chase the end result. Change the small improvements along the way. 
Because progress versus perfection is a huge difference maker. If you're chasing progress, the reason it's endless is there's always opportunities for progress. If you're chasing perfection, the part that's endless is you'll never, ever get there. On the progress side, you focus on improvement. On the perfection side, you're focused on the flaws. On the progress side, you'll get energized. On the perfection side, it's going to wear you out. It's going to be exhausting. On the progress side, you're going to be focused on learning. That's what results are. You got better. On the negative side, the progress side, results are either you're a one or a zero. You're good or bad, right? On the progress side, you're chasing yourself. The only person you got beat is yourself yesterday. On the perfection side, you're chasing everyone else. So stay away from that. Build a culture of progress, not perfection. Last thing I want to talk about. Um, my favorite way to gain momentum. It's I look at you know mountain climbing. And I, I have a mentor that has a great story of helping a, a youth group climb to a, a, a monument on the side of a mountain. And some people, they had some treats, refreshments, whatever, rewards up there for people. A bunch of 14, 15, 16-year-old kids. When they said, ready, set, go, the most athletic, most strong, most fit people went straight up. The people that were less uh, were concerned. And and they went to my mentor and said, hey, we're concerned about this. We don't know we can do this. We'll just sit this one out. We'll see you on the flip side. But this great leader said, no, we don't have to go that way. They took a route that had switchbacks where they made their way up the hill by using switchbacks rather than just taking on the, the sheer, the sheer uh, incline. And a short version of a longer story is 100% of those people got there because as they would take moments to stop, they would look back and say, look how far we've come. And they kept building momentum. And as the higher they got from the switchbacks, the more confidence they gained. And they all ultimately got there. 100% of the people made that monument and the ones that got there last were only about 15 minutes behind the ones that took the most direct route. So our job as leaders is to create momentum, individual paths for individual people, okay? That's number four. Um, I want to finish this, the last law, as I remind you that growth requires escape velocity and you should be in the momentum business. I'll say this, momentum very well might be a sales leader best friend, okay? Last Law, last thing you need to check out do to make this a year of the, of the difference maker. You've got to create belief. Manage the mindset, upgrade the identity, choose growth over talent, build momentum, and then create belief. Great way to finish the story of Phil Knight. He's the founder of Nike. If you haven't read his book, Shoe Dog, I highly recommend. One of my favorites in the last five years. Uh, really great book. Has everything to do with sales. As he uh, graduated from the University of Oregon as a track athlete, he uh, got his first job as doing door-to-door encyclopedia sales back in the 60s. Crazy. And he was horrible. He sucked at it. He was last on the leaderboard. And uh, he ended up getting another job where he was selling mutual funds. And he did better, but he still felt empty inside. And and, uh, he had this opportunity to go to Japan, and he was introduced to the shoe called the Tiger Shoe Company, and he secured the distribution rights for North America. He started a little company called the Blue Ribbon Shoe Company. And he filled up his parents' garage with shoes as much as he could buy. And then every weekend, his sales strategy was to go to track meets with a trunk full of shoes and sell them. And in his own words, um, he, 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 um, he said, you know, I was driving back to Portland and I wondered why I suddenly got great at selling because I would go to these track meets and I couldn't write orders fast enough. I'm driving back to Portland after a track meet, and I'm wondering, why am I now good at selling when I used to suck at it? I used to, I, I couldn't sell encyclopedias. I'd been un, unable to do it. 
and I despised every second of it. And then he said, I'd been slightly better at selling mutual funds, but I felt dead inside. And so why was selling shoes so different? Because he realized it wasn't selling. He said, I believed in running. I believed that if people got out and ran a few miles every day, the world would be a better place. I believed my shoes were better to run in, and people sensing my belief wanted some of that belief for themselves. Belief, I decided, belief is irresistible. That's on page 55 and 56 of Phil's hardcover book, Shoe Dog. Okay? So I want to share with you a couple things about belief. I think there's three levels of belief. I'm going to talk about it really quickly. I believe, however, that the first sale that has to happen has to happen in the heart of the salesperson. And if sales is the transfer of enthusiasm, meaning salespeople transfer that enthusiasm and belief in their company, leadership is the transfer of belief, belief in them. I'm going to finish this concept with that, okay? So I want you to ask yourself, what's belief? The dictionary says it's things like trust or faith and confidence. My word for it is conviction. I believe that belief is the fuel that makes people become willing to act or change. It's the fuel that makes a customer willing to stop doing what they're doing and do something different and buy from you. It's the fuel that makes a member of your team enroll for coaching from you. And I'm going to say it again. Sales, in my mind, has always been the transfer of enthusiasm. I'm, I'm not the one who, who came up with that. I've heard it said by a lot of people. I, I can't even tell you who said it. It's just what I believe. And so... The first layer of belief is having belief in the industry you're in or the problem that you solve. Do you believe that the problem that you solve is worth solving? That's what Phil Knight said. I believe that the world would be better if if people ran, okay? Do you make the world a better place? I can tell you what I do coaching coaches, working with sales leaders. Yeah, I do. I make the world a better place because the impact of a sales leader is massive. And if you can have a sales leader have a small improvement, that thing scales across all the salespeople they work with. And it changes lives and it changes families and changes companies. And the, the, the impact is so massive. I get so giddy when I get to talk to companies about why investing in leaders is so important. That takes you to the second level of belief. Do you believe that your company does it different or does it better or does it in a way that you feel comfortable talking about? Phil Knight's version was, my shoes made it better to run. My personal ones, yes. I'm one of the very best in the world at working with sales leaders. I can help people figure that out faster than if they work on their own. We can help you avoid all kinds of unnecessary mistakes. Uh, I'm very passionate that the way that we do things here is is something that you will not find anywhere else. The, The package that we put together and the resources that we put together There's a reason that the people I work with all had the best years of their career last year. So, yes, I have that belief, okay? The third one is belief in themselves. And this is going to be a hard one. In your case, belief in yourself. Because in 2022, every single one of us will have doubts at some time. And that's why they need leaders and people in their corner where they can have shared belief. Belief can be shared. Belief in a person. If you want to do something cool, Go do a Google search on Jim Valvano. Your My bags are packed. If you're a member of my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United, I've got it in there for you. It's one of the great uh, speeches you'll hear where he said the greatest gift that someone can give is the gift of belief that your bags are packed for them, that you know they're going to be there, and that you're in their corner. Okay. So I want to finish with this idea of belief. Momentum, Law 4, will always be fueled by belief. 
If you were looking at the video, if you go into the, if you see in my video snippets of this in, in uh, Sales Leadership United, you'll see on my bookshelf behind me, people ask me about my books all the time. One that people ask me about the most is the book that they see, The Little Engine That Could. It's because I think everything stops starts with belief. That engine said, I think I can, I think I can. You need to help your team say, I think I can. And it will only happen if you're able to see, say, I think I can. Momentum always has been and always will be fueled by belief. And there will be times when you will need to share that belief with the members of your team. And there will be time when you need people in your corner as a leader, your mentors, your coaches. If you do not have a coach, get a coach. You need someone in your corner because you will have times where you need shared belief. Because small improvements every day yield massive momentum over time. So that's how I want to finish. Manage the mindset, upgrade your identity, choose growth and improvement, create momentum, believe, and that's it. Those are five ways you can make the difference maker come from the inside. I think the word for the year for 2022 should be intentional. We should have an intentional mindset. We should create intentional growth. We should have intentional improvement. You know, we're all accidentally involved to some degree as salespeople. I think very few people grew up saying I'm going to be in sales. But we need to be intentionally improve, uh, intentionally successful. Here's what I would say about intent. Intent always has been and always will be more important than technique. And if you can help the people you lead by creating well-lit pathways to success, by creating step-by-step processes to get them the outcomes they want, by providing elite support and empowerment, by providing mindset, skill set, and performance coaching, like I talked about with that triangle of transformation, then I promise you, 100%, you will be a difference maker in the lives of each person that is lucky enough to get to work with you. So I hope that you make 2022 the best year of your career. And if you want to dive into any of these things deeper, if you're tired of having to figure things out on your own, If you want to have someone in your corner, if you want to walk a more direct road that gets you to the success that you crave, you know where to find me. Thanks so much to my friends from Scipio. They've had a lot of support of this show. And if you want to see what happens when you get texting done right in the sales process, check out Scipio today. Many of you have checked them out. Thank you. Many more of you need to check them out. Here's how you do it. Go to Scipio.com, S-K-I-P-I-O.com. When you go to the checkout page, use the promo code ROB. Pick your favorite package. Use the promo code ROB. You'll get 30 days for free. No strings attached. Then you got to hit me up and tell me how much your meeting hold rate went up. And I'm confident you're going to be pumped you gave Scipio a, a try. And if you want to see the video snippets of this episode or any of the others on the Sales Leadership Podcast, or if you want any more of my content or my my tools for sales leaders that are difference makers, be sure to check out my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. You can find it on Patreon, and it's less than the cost of lunch. I'll put the link to Sales Leadership United in the show notes. I'm so thankful to each of you, our listeners. Thank you so much for three and a half years of amazing uh, opportunities to talk to so many of you. The show has grown so much so fast. We have listeners all around the world, and I'm humbled by just how many sales leaders listen every single week. Without you... This show would not exist. So do me a solid. And if you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. But the very best compliment you can give me, it's to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it. And then be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And don't ever worry. Just execute. Because we got you. 
Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.